Amen. Why don't you lift your hands all over the house and let's just give the Lord some worship and praise. Doesn't he deserve all the glory and all the honor? Lord, we love you, Jesus. We thank you for what you're going to do in this house today. We thank you for the atmosphere of praise that you have blessed us with, oh God. We just pray that you would continue in this service to do great and mighty works. Uh, come on, that's it. Lift your voices all across this house. Let's just love the Lord for a few more moments. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Amen. 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 What an honor it is to be back at the Tree of Life Church. I love and appreciate this church and give honor to your pastor in his absence. I always count it a great honor uh, when I get to be here when a pastor is present, but I count it an even greater honor to be trusted in his absence. And so I give honor to your pastor here today. And I I want to thank this wonderful Tree of Life Church for sharing Brother Urshan with our organization in this world because his voice is needed for this hour. And I know you want him here, and I know his heart is here, but we're thankful that you allow his voice to share the gospel and the wonderful revelation that God shares with him all over the world globally. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Give honor to brother and sister Sizemore. Love and appreciate y'all so very much. So glad for the wonderful team that God has assembled for the Tree of Life Church to take this region. We are, we, we are going for the region. Amen. 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 It's always an honor to have my wife and my daughter with me. I don't get to have them with me as much, but I love and appreciate them. Brother and Sister Enos, I honor you, your wife. I'm just so honored to be here today. And I do feel like I've come with a word from the Lord uh, this morning and, and when I walked into the service today. I just felt that God is going to minister here. I felt like there's going to be ministering angels that are released in this house, and God's going to minister to some people in a very deep, deep way here today. Today. That's what I feel in the Holy Ghost. Is anybody wanting to leave here that the Holy Ghost would minister to you, would elevate your faith, would elevate your walk with God here today? You would leave here feeling more whole in the name of Jesus, uh, in the name of Jesus. Uh, amen. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 17. We will begin reading at verse number 21, Genesis chapter 17 and verse number 21. And then we're going to read Genesis 21, verses 1 and 2. Just a few verses in your hearing as we get into the word of the Lord here today. Amen. If you have it, say amen. Bible says in Genesis 17 and 21, But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee, everybody say, at the set time. At the set time in the next year. Genesis 21 and 1. And the Lord visited Sarah as he had said. And the Lord did unto Sarah as he had spoken. Aren't you glad that the Lord does what he says he's going to do? For Sarah conceived and bare Abraham a son in his old age. Everybody say it again. At the set time of which God had spoken to him. 
For the next few moments, with the help of the Holy Ghost, I just simply want to preach to you on this subject, the Feast of Prophecy. Would you set your Bibles down and would you lift your hands all over this house and would you just ask that God would have his will and his way in this service. Lord, I love you. I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you're going to do in this house here today. I thank you, God, for truly the ministering angels that I feel in this house here today. Lord, I believe that you are going to minister to people in a profound way, God. Lord, I believe that when people leave here today, they're going to leave here knowing that the word of God is sure and the things that you have spoken shall come to pass, God. I believe it, Lord. I put my faith in you. I put my hope in you. Would you lift your voices in prayer? Come on, us apostolics know how to pray. Would you lift your voice in prayer right now? Can we just shake this place in prayer for the next few moments? Come on, can we shake this place in prayer for the next few moments? Hallelujah. 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 Come on, that's it. Lord, we worship you. We magnify you. We glorify you. Come on, that's it. Let's stir it up in here right now. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Uh, now, one more time, why don't you clap your hands and shout with a voice of triumph. Oh, hallelujah. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Amen. You may be seated in Jesus' name. When you look through the scriptures, you will see that there are seven Jewish feasts that are honored by Israel, you will find that they honor the feast of Passover, the feast of unleavened bread, the feast of first fruits, the feast of harvest, the feast of trumpets, the day of atonement, and lastly, the feast of tabernacles. We're going to look at three major feasts, and I'm going to bring one out here today that maybe you haven't heard of. The first that we will look at is the Feast of Passover. Now, the Feast of Passover finds its roots in the exodus of the children of Israel. You will find that it is the 10th plague that God will send to Egypt as they are on their way out of Egyptian bondage. It is this 10th plague that God will send the Passover angel, the death angel, he will pass over the land. As he is passing over, he is looking for the blood of the lamb to be applied unto the house. And if he sees the blood, he will spare the firstborn of that house. Now, there is a lot that you need to look at when you're talking about the Feast of Passover, because you will find that as he is instructing them on what they are to do with the Passover, he first tells them that this feast will be unto you the first month and the first year to you. Now, you have to understand that this Passover lamb is pointing to the final lamb that would be Jesus Christ and him crucified. And you have to understand that the day that you get 
the wonderful act of Calvary applied to your life. It is like the first day of the new year in your life. It is the beginning of something that will start that day and everything is made new. The day that you apply the lamb to your life. I love that as you look at the story of Passover that you find that he says you've got to take the blood of the lamb and you've got to put it upon the doorpost. He tells Israel, he says you've got to take it and you've got to apply it to the side doorpost and to the upper doorpost. Why just the sides and the upper? Why not all the way around? Simply because nothing can make it over the blood of the lamb, but everything is supposed to go under the blood of the lamb. Aren't you thankful here today to know that the day that the blood of the lamb was applied to your life, that everything went under the blood? Everything that you used to be, everything that used to hold you captive, everything that used to have you in bondage, it went under the blood and it was washed away in that wonderful, wonderful time of baptism in Jesus' name. You cannot miss this application because uh, this is how you get into the Lamb. You have to understand that in John chapter 14, Jesus teaches us uh, that he will be in us uh, and we will be in him and we will be in the Father. Uh, you have to get Christ in you uh, and you have to get into Christ. Uh, I hear the words of Jesus as I read uh, about the blood doorposts on the Passover as he says enter in through that blood-stained doorpost. I hear the cries of watery baptism right there in that very moment where Jesus said I am the door. Friend all the way back then he was showing you you've got to go through the blood. You've got to go into the and when you go through the blood, everything of yesterday is passed away. But he did not stop with you going through that blood-stained doorpost. He goes on, and then he says, once you get in the house, you've got to eat the whole lamb. The whole lamb. He said, don't leave any parts of the lamb. He said, you've got to eat the head of the lamb. You've got to eat the legs of the lamb. You've got to eat the pertinence of the lamb. That doesn't sound too intriguing. But when you start to think about Christ in you, the hope of glory, you have to understand that there isn't parts of Jesus that we get to pick that we want to be like. But we must be conformed into his image. We are on the road of changing images from Dylan into Jesus. And when he tells them in the Exodus and that great Passover, you've got to get the legs of the lamb in you. He was saying Jesus is going to affect how you walk. When he said you've got to get the head of the lamb in you, he was saying you've got to eat the ears of the lamb because Jesus will change what you listen 
listen to uh, and how you hear things. Uh, friend, when you get Christ in you, uh, it changes how you hear things, uh, how you perceive things. Uh, you no longer walk by the ears uh, and hearing of the world, uh, but we live according to a new lifestyle. Uh, we don't hear fear. We hear faith. Uh, we don't hear doubt. Uh, we hear Can I preach to you just a little bit today? You got to get the whole lamb. You can't pick what part of Jesus you want. You've got to become like him in this process of salvation and sanctification. He said, you got to get the pertinence of the lamb, the lungs, the heart, the inside. You got to get a part of that because when Christ gets in you, your heart beats for different things. I said, your heart beats for different things. Your heart doesn't beat for the things of the world anymore. Your heart starts to long to be in the presence of God. Your heart starts to long for the things of God. Am I preaching to anybody here today that's been baptized in the name of Jesus that could testify when I came up out of that water? He changed how I walk. He changed how I talk. He changed how I live. There's not a part of this wonderful salvation experience that will not change every part of you. It'll pick you up where you're at. It'll pick you up how you are. And let me tell you, Christ accepts you as you come. You don't come perfect. You don't come whole. You don't come put together. But when you get a hold of Jesus, he starts changing everything about how you walk, how you talk, how you live, your lifestyle. Thank God for the blood. Thank God for the lamb slain. Thank God, thank God, thank God. Friend, you got to get the lamb in you. That's the receiving of the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's how you get the lamb in you. You've got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I said, you've got to be filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. John chapter 3, when he begins to talk to us about being born again of water and of spirit, he said, the wind bloweth where it listeth, and now here is the sound thereof. So is a few people that are born of the spirit. So are the 12 apostles, or the 120, or those that were needed to get the church off of the ground. No, 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 no. He said, so is everyone that is born of the spirit. If you're going to be born of the spirit, the wind's got to blow in your life. You've got to get Christ in you. I love that it doesn't stop there. He said, you better have your shoes on. You better have your staff in your hand. He said, and you better have your loins girded. <laughs> because when you get baptized in the name of Jesus and filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost, you're getting out of Egypt, friend. Uh, maybe you don't understand what Egypt is a type and shadow of in scripture, but that's a type of the world. Uh, and when you get Christ in you and you get in Christ, friend, uh, you're on your way out of the world. Uh, you might be in this world, uh, but you're not of this world. Uh, your zip code might read Cincinnati, uh, but your heavenly zip code uh, is reading streets of gold, uh, walls of Jasper, and gates of pearl. And 50 days from Passover, you venture to the Feast of Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. This is very important because the Feast of Pentecost is important to us Pentecostals. 
in the Old Testament, it was by the finger of God on that fiery mountain that God reached down and wrote on the tablets of stone the laws or the ways that he would govern Israel. But you and I understand that, that through the prophet Jeremiah, he was saying that there's going to be a new covenant. And he's not going to write this one on tablets of stone, but this one is going to be on the tablets of your heart. And you've got to understand that the finger of God represents the spirit of God. And that the spirit of God, one day, it's going to write its ways and its ordinances on your life. And you're no longer going to look unto the law, but the law is going to be within you and through your conscience. It's going to lead you and it's going to guide you according to the wills and ways of heaven. Friend, you've got to be full of the Holy Ghost. If you're here today and you've never been filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in a new tongue and you've never been baptized in Jesus' name, can I pause here for just a minute to tell you it is the greatest thing you will ever receive. There is no salvation experience like the gospel salvation experience and it is still the death, repentance, the burial, baptism and the resurrection, the infilling of the gift of the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would worship like you're filled with the Holy Ghost. I wish somebody would praise like you've been baptized in the name of Jesus. He who the Son sets free is free indeed. I wish somebody would magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I love, I love this Pentecostal experience. And it didn't stop in an upper room. And it didn't stop in the book of Acts. We're having Pentecost every day. Guess what? You can wake up and have Pentecost in your prayer closet tomorrow. We are apostolic in doctrine, but we are Pentecostal by experience. And you don't have to only have Pentecost on Sunday. You can have it on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You can have Pentecost driving to work. You can have Pentecost in the break room. You can have Pentecost. Am I preaching to apostolic Pentecostals today? And you move from there and you go to the final feast, which is the Feast of Tabernacles. Many believe that this is when the Lord will come and set up his kingdom. And you find that these feast as they are so important and imperative to Israel. And you find that each of them have their spiritual significance to us today. I was reading a book by Kevin J. Connor called The Study of the Feasts of Israel. In this book, I was reading about the different feasts and studying about the different feasts, and it's fascinating how they all have great spiritual significance to us today. And as I was reading this, I stumbled upon a little paragraph that was after Pentecost. And it simply said that some scholars come together in agreement of this feast, which is not in the Bible. It says we call it the Feast of Prophecy. It says this feast is between Pentecost and Tabernacles. This time between Pentecost and Tabernacles in that part of the world is a relatively dry season. There's no great feast.
feast or, or harvest happening. There's nothing really magnificent taking place between these two great feasts. And the author said that they call it the feast of prophecy because when you have nothing good to feast on in the present, you have to learn to feast on what's to come. Oh, I feel a little preach coming over me right now. He said, when there's nothing good happening in the present time, you have to learn how to feast on what's coming in the horizon. I felt a little unction come over me this morning, and I'm here to preach to somebody that when the lights of Sunday service fade, and when the, the move of the Holy Ghost that comes into this beautiful tabernacle, and we all get blessed by the Spirit of the Lord, and you have to go home to your broken marriage, and you have to go home to your struggling situation, and you're wondering, where is the word of the Lord now when the move of Pentecost? seems like it's over uh, and there's no mighty goosebumps coming uh, over your backbone and you don't really feel like praising God uh, and you don't really feel like worshiping and you don't really feel like dancing. Now what do I do preacher? Uh, now what am I supposed to do? That my friend uh, is when you learn how to open the word of the Lord and feast on the goodness of God that's coming. What do you do, friend, when you have the word of the Lord? A man of God prophesied to you and said, your children will be saved. And it hasn't happened yet. When a man of God got behind the pulpit and he prophesied things into existence and you haven't quite seen it yet, what do you do between words spoken and word fulfilled? My friend, that's when you learn how to know that heaven and earth shall pass away, but his word shall not pass away. It cannot return void. It shall accomplish. I'm here today to preach to somebody. You're in the middle of word spoken and word fulfilled. But God is not a liar. God is not a liar. You've got to learn how to get in a sure place and feast on the word of the Lord. Come on, let's worship right now. And so the Lord began to deal with me about the space between word spoken and word fulfilled. Seasons come to us all. I said seasons come to us all. Ecclesiastes 3 and 1, to everything there is a season, a time, to every purpose under heaven. There's a time to be born, there's a time to die, there's a time to plant, there's a time to pluck up that which is planted, there's a time to kill, a time to heal, a time to break down, a time to build up, there's a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, I can go on. There is a time for everything. Seasons are inevitable. Seasons come to us all. It rains on the just and the, it comes to us all. However, 
There is something that takes place between word spoken and word fulfilled, and that's called preparation. Can I preach for just a minute? On the season, it happens. Trouble comes. But sometimes, friend, it's not a season. Sometimes it's a time of preparation where God is preparing you to be able to handle what he spoke to you. I feel a word of the Lord right now. I feel a little unction of the Holy Ghost to tell somebody, God has not forgotten you, and God is not a liar. But God put you in a time that he could prepare you for what he was trying to produce when the word comes to pass. It's not that God is a liar and that God has forgotten who you are or where you are or what he has spoken. He's trying to position you for fulfillment and consistency on the other side. Matthew 13 and 20 says, but he that receiveth the stone into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word and with anon with joy receiveth it. Watch, yet he hath no root in himself, but dureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth, watch this with me, because of the word. Don't miss that. It did not come because you or I are great. It did not come because it was worried about me or you in our present state. But the persecution and the tribulation shows up because the enemy knows if the word ever works the work in you that it's trying to work on the other side, he can't stop you. Trials don't come because I'm something great. Persecution does not come because I'm something special. But it has to knock on my door because there's something God's trying to produce in my life. Did you hear what I just said? It didn't come because of you, and it didn't come because of me. It came because God spoke a word over you, and he's the enemy to the word trying to stop what's being produced in your life. That's why we must understand that there is a time of preparation between words spoken and word fulfilled. Jesus, God manifested in the flesh. He comes to us, and what does the Bible say? He was led by the Spirit into the seasons are inevitable, but wildernesses, those are a choice. You can bypass the wilderness, but if you bypass the wilderness, you bypass coming out in the power of what tried to lead you to. And so although seasons you cannot choose, the wilderness you can go around. But if you miss the wilderness, you miss the preparation to make you prepared for the word spoken. 
The Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness and for 40 days he fasted and he prayed. And then it says the tempter came. And the tempter did what? He tried him at every point of pride. He tried him at all points. And when it was all said and done, the Bible says, and he left him for a season. And after they left, the temptations left, the Bible says, the angels of the Lord came and they ministered unto him in the wilderness. You will miss points of angelic ministration if you do not allow the wilderness to do its work in your life. And if you don't allow the work of the ministry to come into your life and do what it's trying to do in the wilderness, you won't come out on the other side in the power of the Spirit. Because the Spirit is what will lead you into the time of preparation, but you will come out on the other side in operation and demonstration. Now watch. I believe... That I love how God sets things up because he comes out on the other side. And this is, this is in my mind's eye, this is the way I see it. As he's coming out of the wilderness, it says, now John was put in prison. The voice of its coming was put in prison. So the voice of its here could step out of time of preparation. And so it was like God said, I have a destined time, start line, finish line for preparation. And if you will allow the wilderness to work its work, when you step out on the other side, I've prepared the way for the ministry that I was producing in the wilderness. Because you can't have the voice saying it's coming and the voice saying it's here preaching at the same time. And so the voice of its coming gets put into prison, and now it's silence. And Jesus steps out, and the Bible says he begins to preach. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. There was no more pointing. It's on the way. It's on the way. He stepped out of preparation, fully prepared to do the work by the power of what? Come on, somebody. I know the wilderness is not fun. I know preparation is not easy. But if you bypass preparation, you miss promise. I know this building didn't just put itself up. Matter of fact, the first time I preached here, Brother Sizemore, it was in the building over there, and y'all had just broken ground on this building. And I saw the preparations of what was to come, but it was a journey that brought you here. Oh, I feel a little unction right there. It was a journey. It was God fitting things into place. It was God preparing things. It was God moving pieces and God putting things into place. And there was times where it was uncomfortable and it wasn't easy and it wasn't fun. But now that you're on the other side. God help me right now. 
Let me tell you something. You're not here by accident. You're not here by coincidence. It's not happenstance that you decided to stumble in the tree of life. But in all of the preparation, God was putting puzzle pieces together so that he could release something on this side of tree of life that would not just shake a little area of Cincinnati, but that there would be a regional shaking that was produced on the other side. Oh, if you believe that, why don't you worship and praise the Lord with me? So what do you do when you're in the time of preparation? You just keep looking at the plans. The architect drew. You keep looking at the plans and you keep dreaming of the day you're going to step into promise. You keep dreaming of the day where everything that God told you is going to come to pass. No, we don't like the wilderness. No, we don't like the crushing. No, we don't like the system that God uses to bring us to the other side. I imagine when Joseph got the word that his brothers were going to bow, he didn't know it was going to be through a pit, slavery, and a prison that brought him there. But at each point, it allowed preparation to bring him to the point of promise where he was suitable to handle the moment. You don't want to be a flash in the pan when God brings you to the place of fulfillment. You want to be who God needs you to be for the hour. And I'm here today to preach to somebody. You've been in the struggle of your life. You've been in the fight of your life. And you're wondering, why God? Why God? I thought you said, didn't you promise? Didn't you say it's not that God didn't say it's that he was preparing you for the other side. The Bible says in Genesis 28 and 11, and he lighted old Jacob upon a certain place. Don't miss that. That's a place of meeting. It wasn't an accident that he stumbled there. It wasn't a coincidence that he made it there. He stumbles onto a certain place, a meeting place between him and God. And there he takes stones for pillows because when you make it to the place that God has been trying to bring you through, you make uncomfortable things comfortable, Lord. Things that were difficult become easy. Things that were hard become attainable. You were afraid to preach in front of people, but now all of a sudden on the other side of the trial, you have a new boldness that comes over you. It's called the tongue of the learned and now you're ready to speak a word in due season Bible teaches us in our text today that he told Abraham he said I'm gonna give you a promise at a set time this set time literally means at a meeting place I believe that when Abram left his homeland to begin with, he had already destined the set time. While you're leaving the year of the Chaldees, Abraham, you're walking towards a meeting place. 
and everything that happens between word spoken and word fulfilled is putting things into motion for you to be able to be who God has called you to be on the other side. And so Abram is journeying through time, heading to the set time journeying through moments and hardships and trials and tribulations and hurt trying to get to a set place and while he's weaving his way through time his nephew does this and he has to battle here and he has to go through that and he produces an Ishmael because he gets impatient in the process let me tell you, when you get impatient in the process, you always produce a son of the flesh. But when you allow yourself to work through the wilderness, man, I feel ministering angels trying to come into this place right now. You're moving towards the meeting place, the set time, Genesis 21. And as God told them, he gave them a child at the set time. About a year into my wife and I's marriage. Love you, baby. I was in prayer. And while I was praying, the Lord told me, he said, are you willing to walk with me through the wilderness? What? Huh? Is this all right? We're not, it's, I didn't think today was going to go up in smoke. I, there's about to be a deep move of the Holy Ghost that sweeps in here. I said, yes, Lord, I'll go anywhere you lead me. I made a covenant with the Lord when I was 15. I said, God, if you open the door, no matter how hard it is, I will walk through it. I didn't know at that time when I was praying. I prayed that out of immaturity but sincerity. And in that place of prayer, I got up out of that. And we went from there to absolute hell breaking loose in our life. When I tell you it was the hardest, darkest season of our life we have ever faced, it was darker than anything I have ever experienced. When I tell you hell came against my precious wife, the things she had to fight mentally, emotionally, physically, she went through. And I'm standing here just trying to preach the gospel. God, I thought you called me. I thought you told me from a young age, I'm going to use you to do great things. I'm a newlywed and we're going through hell and we're fighting through things and I'm seeing depression hit our, my wife and I'm watching fear come into our, our marriage and it's coming against our home and I'm seeing all these things and it's warring and it's warring and it's warring. And then I go to a conference, Brother Chris Green comes down off the platform and he grabs me by the head in a very tenacious way is like only Brother Chris Green can yanks me into his chest. He said, you're a good preacher, but the Lord's about to make you a man of God. And he lets me go. She's standing right here. And then we go to another conference. If I'm lying, I'm frying. And brother Cody Marks, another great man of God, pulls her and I aside 
He said, many people have prayed to have the anointing of your uncle, Mark Morgan. He said, but all of them have tried to dodge the cup of suffering that gave him the anointing that he has. He said, you will begin to drink from the cup of suffering and it will not be easy. Brother Sizemore, I didn't like it. Man, I feel the Holy Ghost ministering to people right now. Telling you in the name of the Lord, God's going to shed light onto some dark things in this place today. And I feel a touch of prophecy in this room right now. I begin to feel, I begin to feel the weight of this. We wept many nights. I would go get up out of the bed and I would just cry, God, why? And it all culminated at one night. My wife and I, we were in bed together. And I watched, I watched this spirit come into our room. And it began to torment my wife and her, her eyes. She was weeping and weeping and weeping. And she was fighting. She said, babe, I don't know how much more I can handle. I didn't know what else to do in that moment. But we linked together. I said, babe, we got to pray. And we begin to intercede. And we prayed. An hour went by and nothing happened. We prayed some more. And an hour went by and nothing happened. And in that moment, I remembered about an old song. And it just went like this, peace, peace, wonderful peace coming down from the Father above. <laughs> and I'm telling you, at the darkest point of our life, I watched the angel of the Lord come into our room and the darkness began to be dispelled. And this is what the Lord said would happen right here. Ministering angels are coming into this room right now. I feel the angels of the Lord stepping into this church right now. The elder of the Lord spoke to me. He said, now I've given you dominion over these spirits that have been coming against your family. I didn't like the process, but the point of the work was to bring me out onto the other side. And I'm here to preach to somebody that's hurting. I'm here to preach to somebody that has held on as long as you can hold on. I'm here to preach to somebody under the sound of my voice. You have toiled long, hanging on to the word of the Lord with everything that is within you, believing God's going to do a work, believing God's going to minister, believing God's going to break it. You've prayed, you've fasted, you've sought the Lord. You have sought the Lord with sincerity. You have wept long into the the night hour begging God to change the circumstance and it hasn't changed yet. I've come today with the word of the Lord to tell you uh, it's just the feast of prophecy showing you how to hang on until he brings you to the other side of fulfillment. Stand with me all over the house. Atarandalabaha shatareke andaroko shatarandalabaha. 
Hareanda Roshaya la Barrekea and Rashataya. Hayaya la Borondo Yeaya Rekea Taya. Ah, yea, to Rondo Yea Talaba. Ha. I've got a word for this general church body as a whole. Tree of life, everything that has brought you to this point. Hear me in the Holy Ghost. As a church, everything that has brought you to this point was in preparation. The first time I came here, the Lord gave me a word for this church, and the word was, you're missing one piece of the puzzle. As I stand here today, I see the puzzle has come together, and under the unction of the Holy Ghost, I tell you, God is about to do things in this body's midst that eye hath not seen and ear hath not heard. I do not stand here just telling you this to make you get excited. I tell you what I feel in the word of the Lord right now. There's about to be a release of demonstration of the spirit like you have not seen before. There's about to be a work of the supernatural like you have not seen before because what God has done bringing you to this point was preparation and now the Lord is saying I've got everything into place for me to release what I've wanted to release and the prophetic utterances of old in this body. If you're here today, I'm going to talk to individuals now. If you're here today and the battle has been hard, I said the battle has been hard. The fight has been fierce. It's been hot. You've been in the flame. You've brought the sword out. You've fought the good fight. You've done all you could do to stand and you're still standing. If you're here right now and you need a touch from the Lord to carry you through, I'm inviting you to this altar right now to come quickly and put your hands in the air. There are ministering angels that are going to come down into this place right now. They're already here and they're going to minister to you. I said they're going to minister to you today. They're going to minister strength to you. They're going to minister hope to you tell you what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. There's some of you that need to get your family together. Your family has been going through hell as a whole. Your whole family has been waged war against. Your wife's mind has been fought. Your kids are under attack. You hate it. You feel the fight. I'm here today to tell you God is about to release minister. Here it is. Here it is. Lift your voice. It's here. Lift your voice. It's here right now. Come on, tree of life. Reanda la bosata, reanda la baja. There's some dads that need to grab your wife and kids by the hand. You need to bear hug them right now and begin to pray together. Reando lobosata yaha. Yekearondo lobosata yaha. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it. Let the tears run down your face. Let the groanings begin to rise up into this atmosphere right now. Thank you, brother. Thank you. Come on, let it rise up. Come on, let it rise up. 
Come on, let it rise up in this house. Come on, I'm telling you in the Holy Ghost, God's going to send you home with peace, peace. God's going to send you home with perfect peace today. Come on, that's it. Come on, that's it in the name of the Lord. That's it.
lives right now. Come on, bear ye one another's burdens. Bear ye one another's burdens. 